Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Skinny Tea Companies, promoting eating disorders under the disguise of a wellness beverage that's pretty much just laxatives and grass. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report on Monday the 18th of October 2021, which is Freedom Day number two in New South Wales. And we're back live with you, well, live-ish with you once again after a week off. I'm Dom Knight. Hello, Charles Firth. Hello, Gabby Bolt. Hello, hello. Hello. How are your weeks off? Are you full of joy and well-rested and happy? Uh, Well, does does, um, being extremely hungover after celebrating for an entire week count as being happy and well-rested? Well, it counts as you being back to normal, at the very least. I was say, that's a normal work week for you, isn't it, Charles? Well, this is the thing. So, on last Monday, we, we actually took last week off the podcast, and it was Freedom Week, and the whole idea was we would actually go out and enjoy all our new freedoms, catch up with friends, we could have 10 people at home, blah, blah, blah. And instead, this terrible thing happened, which is I just got drunk literally every day. Every single day, there was another lunch to go to or people to see at night or party or whatever. This is horrible. I think we should go back into lockdown. You know what I've realised is actually more horrible than the week you had? The realisation that I think you have more friends than me, Charles. I... (laughs) I had one dinner and it was your house. <laughs> but Gabby, to clarify, I don't like any of the people I got up with. Oh, good. It was all more social obligation. I'm glad that your friends probably support you in listening to this podcast and all just found out that you don't actually like them at all. No, no, no. But I, I'm very sure that they don't like me either. Like it's oh. all. Just, I went know. to Charles's um, place as well, which was fantastic. A really nice chance to catch up with a lot of old friends and Charles. <laughs> I mean, it was it was horrifying to be honest. It was it was. I mean, the food was nice, the company was nice, but it just got so loud and so everyone got so tipsy and strident, and the amount of aerosols going around. I just felt like I pashed everyone. I, I went home and had a shower. And I just had to do mouthwash. I I've, I hate it. It's horrifying. I I just want to stay at home. Charles, next time we want to catch up, it's Zoom, mate. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to breathe yeah. your air. No, no, I agree with you, Dom. Like, we would have had a much better, like, I would have had a much better weekend had I not have had to drink those three bottles of wine while shouting loudly at you all night. Yeah. Like, like, my whole weekend was ruined by having to catch up with everyone. I have a bone to pick with your bloody weekend, Charles, and here's what it is. We came over as interns for like a nice lunch and I brought the only cheese I could afford, which was Mercy Valley and some grapes. And when I brought it out, you were like, oh, that's great. We didn't have anything like that. Thanks for bringing some cheese. And as I'm leaving, as I'm leaving your house, I see you prepare this, what I can only assume is a very expensive charcuterie board (laughs) full of very nice cheeses. And who should I see as I'm leaving but Rebecca de Unamuno walk past and go into your house. And I'm thinking, oh, I wasn't worth the expensive cheese so i won't be coming over to your house again either this is what happens see if, if we just done it on zoom and self-catered like before there would have been none of that awkwardness gabby would have felt um she was still top priority rather than not making your top 10 charles which beck did Rude. it's now super awkward and horrible and i don't even have any plates in my house because i lent all of my plates to charles because charles didn't have any plates for some reason or cutlery <laughs> so we're now eating off paper plates the whole Wait. thing's a disaster and the moral of the story is let's go back into lockdown right fucking now Look, I, I can't agree more, and thank you for those plates, because at the beginning of the lockdown, we actually chucked out all our cutlery and crockery, because we said, we're never going to see anyone again, we're never going to have a dinner party, let's just get rid of them. 
And then, and so it's great that you brought over all your cutlery and crockery because now we've restocked. So, again, thank you for that. And thanks for the cheese, Gabby. That was really nice <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, no, I'm sure you loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, and I mean, I'd be saying let's move down to Melbourne where you know the lockdown will never end, except that it is. It is ending yes. on Thursday night at 11.59pm. We're going to talk to Dave Milner of The Shot about what it's like to be on the verge of freedom, yeah. which probably seems good to them now because they don't know how shit freedom is yet. See, this is where I think the ACT government have got it right. They are 99% vaccinated and they're still not out of lockdown. You still can't even go shopping properly in, in Canberra. That is the way to go. Canberra were on to the notion of freedom and fun not being desirable outcomes a long time ago. Yeah. Also today, our good friend Dan Illich on his billboard stunt that's got made CNN, Russell Crowe's into it. He's embarrassed Australia in front of the entire world. We'll talk to him about that. But first of all, let's go to Rebecca Dayanamuno uh, straight after this. Hang on, Gabby, is it awkward for you to go to Rebecca now? No, I can go to Rebecca. I'll do it. Ready? Hold on. Here's my throw to Rebecca. <clears throat> but first of all, let's go to the expensive cheese friend, Rebecca Dayanamuno, in the Chase newsroom right after this. She's worth it. <laughs> she is. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The Victorian government will end the state's sixth lockdown on Thursday night after hitting the 70% vaccination target, despite the state having nearly 2,000 new COVID cases yesterday. The change was warmly welcomed by both Victorians and the deadly coronavirus. Sky News commentator Peter Credlin says she won't be coming to celebrate Dan Andrews finally giving in to her demand that the city reopen, as she would be certain to catch COVID. Scott Morrison has announced he has changed his plans and will be going to Glasgow next month, as the Queen demanded. However, he will not attend the COP26 climate summit and instead will go on a tour of his favourite pubs in the area, as well as visiting the gravestones of anyone he can find on his family tree. Netflix have responded to criticisms of Dave Chappelle's controversial new special by admitting they didn't actually watch it first before approving it, as they were too busy catching up on Squid Game. Netflix said that the next time Chappelle wanted to get millions of dollars from them, he would have to win them in a series of chilling variations on innocent childhood games. That's the latest headlines from The Chaser Report. I'm worthy of expensive cheese and Gabby isn't. Mmm, yum, yum. This Jersey blue cheese is delicious. Mmm, yum, yum. At long last, the sixth lockdown in Melbourne has an end in sight. 11.59pm on Thursday. Things will open up at last. Dave Milner is columnist for The Shot. Hey, Dave. Hey, Tom. How you doing? I'm good, but how are you? There's actually a time when liberty will arrive and, and hopefully permanently. I'm um, all of the emotions concurrently at once on top of each other. It's been a long time, man. It's been a really long time. And and so is there any indication for why they opened up early? Because I, I thought you weren't supposed to be out of lockdown for several weeks. Uh, we just want to be like New South Wales. The tables have turned. Yeah. We're, um, we're going to copy you guys now for a little bit. So has Dan Andrews sort of done a 
180 and and become a sort of freedom loving libertarian letter rip no no i actually think what's happened is that you've been misinformed this actually is the plan that's been happening the entire time have you been reading the murdoch papers charles is that what's yeah, happening? i get all my information from the herald sun that's your first problem uh, no, we're, we're about to hit 70%, um, which is sort of cautious opening, and then 80% is the less cautious opening. And, yeah, yeah now we can go to the we can, I can go to the pub this week. It's I, can't, I just can't get my head around it. I'm not going to have anything funny to say in this chat. I'm just utterly overwhelmed. <laughs> I can go to the pub. I can go well, to the pub. We've, been, uh, we've just done our first week de- weekend out of lockdown, Dave, and I can tell you, it's it is actually horrible. And by this time next week, you'll be pleading to go back into lockdown. Yeah, Dave, I got to say, I, I'm kind of scared now that we're this open. It's it feels weird. Every time I walk out of the house, I'm like, hang on, where's my mask? I need my mask. I'm going to get in trouble. So you you guys don't need to wear masks outside? Is that what they're doing? No, no. Well, well we still do. Oh, because you're sensible in Melbourne now. That's right. The biggest adjustment for us here is going to be. We got used to beating coronavirus. Every time we've stepped out of a lockdown, it just hasn't been around. And now we've got to do the live the neoliberal live with it thing. And that is definitely going to be an adjustment. Absolutely. I'm uh, not sure how people are going to feel about that. We had 1,800 cases today. It's That's a lot of cases. Did you see all the new uh, scientific reports are that if you get COVID and you get the vaccination, that's like double immunity. Like gives It works really well if you also have COVID. So I think... <laughs> it's sort of a, an argument in favour of just letting it rip. We're all going to get COVID eventually, Dave. Let's not give people like too irresponsible advice. Don't get your medical advice from this podcast. We're idiots. <laughs> no, no, it said in the Herald Sun it was fine. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't listen to the Herald Sun. Don't listen to Charles Firth. That's my advice. But it's going to feel weird, isn't it? Because, I mean, we at least um, fortunately have, have lower cases but the call on whether you actually go to the pub might be challenging, mightn't it, if the numbers are in the thousands and thousands of, of cases around the inner city? I think so. I mean, this becomes that personal responsibility thing. Do we – how comfortable do we feel doing these various things? I'm definitely only going to hang out with vaccinated people. And, I mean, part of that is I don't want to hang out with fuckwit, time being precious. But also, yeah, they're more likely to have the virus around. And, I, you know, despite what Charles has just said, I'd rather not get coronavirus. But does it worry you? Because here in New South Wales, if you're unvaccinated, you can still go to church. Does it worry you that every time you go to church, Dave, um, you'll be around unvaccinated people? Yeah, and I'm just at church all the time. No. It's going gonna, it's gonna to weigh on me quite a lot. Cramp, cramp your style. Well, that's, I mean, you know, I've been indoors for 200 and it'll be 264 days come Thursday. Bloody hell. Jeez. Yeah, it's quite, it's been quite an ordeal. And it's um, like, you, because your son's what, three years old. That's about half his life, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> hey, we're, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together. All right. This is a live cross. Let's talk about that. Let's go back to how much I've been missing church. <sighs> it's Again, I'm just completely overwhelmed. I don't, 264 days is just a staggering amount of time to spend doing whatever the fuck we've been doing. Do you know what? I should. Congr- I haven't spoken to you guys. Congratulations on your lockdown ending. That must have been nice too. Um, Dave, how long is it going to be? Because you're a great Murdoch watcher. How long is it going to be from when uh, Melbourne finally reopens as the Herald Sun has been demanding for more than a year now? How long until they start going dictator Dan for opening too early? Um, Thursday, I imagine. 
<laughs> yeah, Thursday at about 11.59 p.m. It's been remote. I wonder if they will claim, try to claim credit for this. The paper that saved Melbourne. Melbourne. That's, what I, that's what I hear. Yeah, yeah. We'll send down some Sydney correspondents to, uh, to do some proper political journalism on your... They've tried that. They sent Peter Credlin down to um, cross-examine Dan Andrews and rip the whole edifice of this government apart. It yeah. didn't work, but we have done that. So please, please, no more, no more. What are you going to do on Friday, Dave? Far out. Um, just lots of crying, I think. Um, oh, no, I, I will go to my local with some friends and, yeah, just lots of crying. <laughs> lots it of is, I'll tell you, it is nice actually being able to – chat with people without a sort of Zoom link delay thing. But you sort of suddenly realise, oh, that's the point of life, isn't it? Like You, <laughs> you do, you sort of, it, like, it, I don't know, I got really anxious under lockdown and then suddenly it's like all dissolved because, you know, catching up with people. I don't even like people and I enjoy this. Yeah, I, I saw Charles on the weekend, Dave, and um, I mean, I'm done till 2023, but it was nice. <laughs> Well, it's that, you know, microsecond of latency on Zoom that just makes everything 100% more awkward mm. and stressful. And that not being there in real life, I imagine, would be quite nice. Yeah. Also, like, you know, again, 263 days since I've seen some people, just I can't remember what certain people look like. <laughs> That'll there's, be nice. There's bird song in your background, Dave. It's beautiful. Is that going to be a problem? It's, it's fantastic. Like it's it's, it's the exactly the vibe. Even the birds are happy. Well, they heard. They watched the press conference with me. We are <laughs> like a Disney cartoon. Yeah, they're Dan Andrews stands, aren't they? The birds. <laughs> the drips. God. Well, well done. We, we have no idea what it's like. Had to do what we just went through more than double. Yeah. Can't wait to come down and see you and just help the virus spread. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Skinny Tea Companies, keeping general practitioners in business 24-7. Now, if you happen to be watching global uh, news channel CNN over the weekend, you might have seen the face of our dear friend Dan Illich, the host of the Irrational Fear podcast with the billboard stunt that we talked about just over a week ago here on the podcast. It's gone ever so well. Hello, Dan. Hi, Dom, Charles and Gabby. It's good to be with you. Congrats. Sorry, I, it took me a while to kind of get your names out because I'm just used to saying, oh, hi, Jake Tapper. It's good to be with you. That's what I'm used to saying. <laughs> we're the little people now. <laughs> Thanks for dating to come back on the podcast. We, we're, we brainstormed one of the ideas. It was so cool to just be chatting on Zoom and then a couple of days later, it's in Times Square. 
Yeah, no, it was, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed giving um, some billboard space away to, you know, friends of the podcast, Irrational Free, people who've employed me uh, for throughout my career. It's absolutely thrilling to give a little back. And uh, I think that Crocophile Dundee was a real great, <laughs> a great hit amongst the internet community. I think it's gone viral. People have, uh, people, I just see it retweeted, retweeted and retweeted everywhere. So you guys have absolutely hit it out of the park. Well, slaps on the back all round. Uh, our work is done. Climate change is fixed at this point. Yeah, I think. Well, look, I don't want to say like at 9.45am when those billboards went up, ScoMo had no plans to go to Glasgow. Then by 2.45pm, he held a press conference to announce, oh no, the night before we made a decision, we're going to go to Glasgow. So and I don't know, maybe it was us. Maybe it was the Queen being disgruntled, but who knows? You know, it just goes to show you, even if it, even if it was us just for a little bit, the kind of power comedians can have when they are angry and have been able to work properly and are in their bed. <laughs> rooms for like three months at a time. Well, there's a causal link. Surely the Queen saw the billboards. <laughs> well, I had this theory, you know, um, uh, one of the billboards that had a whole bunch of names of people who paid more than 500 bucks to kind of get their name on the billboard as part of the as part of the campaign. It's a bit of a thank you to the, all the people that contributed financially. And in it, I threw in a few other names just to kind of make it funny. And so in other names included Angus Taylor, uh, Gina Reinhart, <laughs> Rupert Murdoch. And so I had this theory that uh, someone at the, some staffer at the PMO saw that slide and was like, holy shit, Gina Reinhart and Rupert Murdoch have paid for these. We better tell the boss. <laughs> do, you think that, do you think that they're so rich though, that they would see that and assume that they actually had? Yeah, I mean, they don't know what they do with their money. You know, they don't know that their money causes catastrophic climate change. They're, yeah, Rupert going... Murdoch sitting somewhere in an ivory tower like, this seems like a weird thing I would spend my money on, but I suppose yeah. I did just unveil the climate campaign across all my papers, so who e- knows? Exactly. I mean, Rupert Murdoch said to someone, oh, yeah, I suppose we should support net zero by 2050. Let's do a 15-page pullout. That'll help. That'll fix it. Then online, you know, there's been a lot of people who have been very supportive of your campaign, but there's also been a lot of people who hate what you did and i just want to read out some of the please the tweet please read out read out the hate this, bring, bring the hate on this one's from fire hatham uh-huh. um and it, it says if you were a satire news site who wanted to mock how ineffectual and pathetic the australian progressive movement is you'd make a scenario where people wasted thousands of dollars to make a shitty pun on a 40 year old australian reference aimed at people not in australia uh, how do you respond to that wow well can i just respond to that by saying charles that was the chaser's pun and <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't do I don't usually would go for that but I thought it would you know resonate with Americans uh, and yeah you know hey look I'm all for freedom of speech you know I wasn't going to say I wasn't going to say no to the chaser interns billboard <laughs> that is the last thing that cut through from Australia is crocodile and DM. oh absolutely no as someone who lived and worked and Charles you would know this as someone who's worked in America people reference crocodile Dundee to you all the time as if it is like Beyonce. Like <laughs> Crocodile Dundee still holds cultural cred in a, in America. So the only thing that that's America why I that's not. why I laugh so hard when it got pitched. Um, so I think it was actually pretty good. I thought it was a really clever thing, and I'm sure all my my friends internationally loved it. They as they saw this 
campaign rollout. Um, I had a good friend in Korea um, reach out to me to say that campaign is fantastic. And he said, I, I know that the Australia-China trade war is bad for Australians, but they haven't burned it because they haven't burnt any Australian coal in the last seven days. I have had clear skies for the last seven days <laughs> and oh sunshine. And he said, this is absolutely down to the Australia-China trade war. And I thought, that's remarkable. Like in Australia, we don't think about how our coal gets used elsewhere, but it absolutely pollutes the skies of Asia after it leaves our shores. So this tangible effect. So yeah, no, I think, I think that I look, I defend the pun. I think the pun is good and I really served the right audience, right time. There's always a good time for a pun. Uh, so what about idiot digger? I have no idea how they expect the American public to get this billboard. All right. well, so, so, Dan, what were you doing? Why didn't you put the billboard in Australia? <laughs> well, you know, it's not for Americans. It's for us. We're entertaining ourselves here. We're, I'm entertaining 2,000 people that gave me money to put billboards <laughs> up ridiculing the government. Look, and also the press that it got back in Australia was phenomenal. And so that is the point. You're not going to get the same amount of press if you put that pun uh, in Glen Eyre. <laughs> wherever, wherever you want to put anyway, it. Anyway, you know what? I find the argument against these billboards so stupid, and here's why. If a scientist said, hi, everyone, I would like money for my stem cell science stuff. If you want, donate money for my science. And people went, here's a lot of money for your science. And he goes, wow, I've been found with more money for my science than I ever thought possible. I guess I can make more science with this. No one would care. But when it's comedy, all of a sudden everyone's like, there are so many better uses for this money. You could have used it for anything. No, the point is that you asked for money for satire. People gave you money going, cool, here's money for satire. And then you use it. Ross Noble can perform at the Athenaeum Theatre Theatre for a week during Comedy Festival and make $150,000, right? I can't do that. I can make jokes on billboards in New York City, but my audience is equally just paying for that. So I spent $150,000 making jokes in New York City and around the world at Glasgow, wherever, because that's what I do. I make jokes there. Ross Noble can't do that because he, you know, he he writes jokes to do on stage. That's what he does. So, you know. Finally, Dan, what's next? What's the next step in the uh, joke keeper onslaught? So step one, phase one of this comedy uh, event has can, has been done. New York is done. We're on to phase two, which is going to be a little bit of a secret. So I can't, until I can book all the billboards where I need to book them, I can't tell you, but I can tell you what is planned in three weeks time for Glasgow. So here nice. we go. We've got some, got some creative here. See if you can see this. It says Paris targets. We meet and beat because we cheat. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Wow. And then I've got Australia reducing emissions by making more emissions. And this this is the final one. Um, Glasgow welcomes the Prime Minister of Australia, and I'm sure Scott Morrison will be quite happy to see that photo of Rupert Murdoch beaming down <laughs> upon him. Very nice. If you want to support, just go to Dan Illich's socials or his website and you can find out how to tip in more money for the Joke Keeper campaign. Thank you, Dan. Hey, good to be with you. Yeah, please listen to a Rational Fear podcast. Um, this week we had uh, we had uh, Angela Voilpierre, Dane Simpson, and we also had Joe Hildebrand on, and we bashed him for about 30 to 40 minutes about News Corp, and it's a pretty fun listen. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Today's episode of The Chaser Report is brought to you by Skinny Tea Companies. The product is what it does, a pile of shit. Before we go, let's just look back on how packed with content this podcast was, Charles and Gabby, and just reflect on how we don't really need an outro. This is this yes, is probably going to be it. That's a great idea. Shouldn't we just uh, mention that our gear is from Rode Microphones? We're Should supposed I to add do a that. Soundtrack to this. And we're part of the Acast Creator Network. And that's all the podcast. But we are back live, so tomorrow we'll have to do another one of these. I'd gotten out of the habit of that. Damn it. Yeah. Let's end with a real whimper. Okay. Uh, bye. Stop recording in three. Buy our shit. Two. All right. One. Uh, come see my show. Oh, God, Gabby.